Hello and welcome back to the latest Inc. Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Across the world, people are returning to the office with the majority of offices proclaiming they are hybrid workplaces. However, there are many different takes on what hybrid actually means, and many employees are fiercely protecting the remote working routines that they embraced during the pandemic. We talked to Welltel Chief People Officer Denise Hayes and the company's CTO Kevin Page about how we can make hybrid work work for everyone. Okay, I'm joined today by Kevin Page, Chief Technology Officer of Welltel, and Denise Hayes, Chief People Officer of Welltel. And what we're talking about today is the interesting conundrum that most of us are faced with right now, which is after two years of working from home, many people are returning to the office and many companies are adopting a hybrid working posture. And the thing about that is, for my my jaundiced eye, I sometimes think it's uh, many many companies have different flavors of what hybrid is. Uh, also, you need technology to work, and also you need to make sure everyone is secure because we've had some terrible security uh, attacks in the last year with an attack on the HSE, for example. So, uh, you guys, you're very welcome. Um, I'd like to start really. Tell us a bit about Welltel itself. Uh, its growth journey of recent years has been quite acquisitive. Uh, would you like to tell me about how the how the company has grown so fast in the last couple of years? Yeah, sure. So I guess obviously Welltel was originally founded in two thousand and seven. Um, it's aiming to be kind of one of the market leading enterprise customer experience and sort of pure collaboration technology business in Europe. Um, it's completed eight acquisitions in the last two years, so it's been a busy, busy period. Um, and it has an extensive product portfolio ranging from everything from enterprise-focused high-level contact centers, um, including the customer experience side of that, um, unified communications, um, cloud technology platforms, um, security practices, connectivity capability in, in Ireland and also in, in the UK and Europe. Um, and it also provides a lot of IT services business. It, it really kind of focuses on quite a, ra- a, wide, a wide range of customers. So SMEC, you know, small enterprise customers, mid-market and enterprise is our focus and the product portfolio adapts to what requirements those customers actually have. Very good. And, and Denise, um, I'd like to ask you about the the fact that we're, we're all kind of having these discussions in every company in, in the country and in the world, I imagine. Some people have can't wait to get back to the office and others are kind of going, well, I'd like to go back maybe one day or two days a week. Um, you can't make me. Uh, that's the, that seems to be the kind of, kind of conversations I'm hearing. What's the, basically the, the game plan you're seeing from your perspective as, as a chief people officer for your company, but from, from also from the point of view of, of your profession? Yeah, great question, um, John. So I suppose from the Welltel perspective, and it would have garnered, garnered the kind of insights from what other companies were doing. And um, when I joined about six months ago, um, we did a survey to really ask people what they wanted. I think that was a key step change in, in how we were going to approach this. So we wanted to get people involved in it. And what we were getting was a bit of a mixed bag back. They wanted the availability to go in, but didn't want to be set in, in a kind of a rigid, um, you know, in a rigid pattern. And um, leaders kind of wanted that connectivity and wanted to see people face to face. But we're kind of struggling with how do I get people in if they don't want to kind of come into a set day? So we've gone for a blended approach and we're calling it an approach to blended working as opposed to even using the word hybrid. 
And what we want to kind of achieve is the best of both worlds, that you can be at home, you can run your day, um, you know, do your do your school run if you need to and have all of that that you kind of had in the pandemic, say, but actually also then we're going to strive for when we do meet, it's about connecting, collaborating, interacting and, and trying to come together with a real sense of purpose and that people really dial up the social and the kind of human capital element when we are together as opposed to coming in for just meetings and sitting at a desk. So it's completely evolved, I suppose, so many workplaces, but in terms of our workplace, we want to consider the person, the role and the job that they're doing, and also the well-tell perspectives. We kind of have described that to people. And um, when you when you kind of consider the person and the role and then what does well-tell need, you sit down with your manager and you kind of come up with a plan. So it's no one size fits all. So mm. this blended approach, um, we've created three personas and you kind of like self-identify with where your persona is. So for example, a flexitarian is probably someone like myself. I'm living in the middle of the country and I go to Dublin once a week. I'm in Cork or Limerick every other week. Um, and I meet my team that way. And I'm getting to meet employees as well. Um, so I flex it. Um, and then some people could be rovers like Kevin. He's based in the UK and he roves and he could be um, in the London office. He could be at home in, in his home base or he's over to us as needed. And then we have more residents some of the engineers that need to be on site on actually company sites, uh, you know, client sites or on site in an office. And we work to that model. So that's what's been kind of working for us, taking a very blended approach. And I think <laughs> with, which adds the first part of the question, um, I know other businesses, um, we were kind of using that as, as a kind of touch points and data points. We're saying we're going back four days or we're going back three mm. days. And then the exits, the, you know, the resignation, the great resignation was coming into play there because mm. people just did not want to be forced. So I came in with that knowledge and that's where we went with this kind of approach. Yeah, I was saying to the guys uh, once before, the the great resignation is, is is also neatly summed up as the great churn because everyone's just changing. They're taking the opportunities to change jobs. It's not like people are disappearing. They're just simply going to different jobs. But, you know, when it comes to this new new reality. So they, they've been working at home for two years. We all proved how productive we can be when we work at home. But when you come back into the office, I've I discovered only in recent weeks that my work involves a lot of thought work and I need to sit down and concentrate. And that's not going to happen in the office. Uh, but definitely when I want to collaborate and communicate with people and see the, the whites of their eyeballs on something, basically that's where you come into the office. But if you're coming into, like in my case, write articles and things like that. That's just really a really bad use of time. So I, I think I'd be a, a kind of a combination of a flexitarian and a rover, actually, because I, I, I do like to get out and meet companies and talk to people too. We also see now when we try to recruit people, they've got a very strong criteria around how they want their day to be managed mm. as well, flexibility mm. around that. So it is good to be able to provide, you know, perhaps people might want to pick up the kids in the morning or in the afternoon and they can schedule their work around doing that. So it is definitely that the recruitment market is much more difficult now to make sure you've got a good base of capability of and uh, flexibility to attract new, new, new hires. Yeah, what we're seeing is people are actually being very upfront in the in the recruitment process. And um, then we're able to kind of be upfront back and say, look, what in, we have a, a HQ in Dublin and then we have a kind of a hub and spoke model. So our spokes are Cork, Limerick, but we have people in you know, kind of lots of counties in Ireland. So we're kind of trying to say it doesn't matter where you're based, but once you're able and you're flexible to go in as needed, you know, and you'll travel for a day of collaboration and insights or learning, um, you know, intervention, but you don't have to travel to be on your laptop all day. That's definitely not what we're striving for. And the interesting thing about it, I was just coming to my head there, I was just thinking like with, with, with Welltel, you guys are the enabler of hybrid. You make the technologies and the platforms to make it all work. But the interesting thing as well is the uh, perspective of, you know, employers, 
you know, it's about trust, isn't it, as well? Like, you've trusted all your big boys and girls to spend two years at home on laptops and working and get the work done. Now are you happy for them to kind of, to, to build their working world around them in a way that keeps them happy and safe and also feeling productive and feeling part of the machine? Some people, some people might need to walk into an office to kind of remember what they're part of. Others may feel, I need to focus on what I need to do and I need to go where I need to go to do it. But the fact is I'm doing the work and here it is. But is there a new need for a new form of accountability or a new way of, you know, showing, you know, that, you know, in the past you could see and look at someone and say, well, that person there is a really hard worker, but you're not seeing them as much. Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you account for that? I mean, obviously the product of product productivity, the, the output. Some people are just maybe better, faster workers than others. Some people make they take their time. They're more diligent. How do you, how do you, how do you look after the accountability aspect? Really good question. And I suppose um, there's a piece that kind of you're alluding to there is kind of the culture as well and yeah. that culture in a hybrid workplace. So yeah. um, I think from a, the, first of all, um, I definitely noticed myself and, and among the leadership population, you have to nearly dial up that leadership piece where you are available. So we, we've kind of introduced things like having stand up meetings and there are virtual stand ups. But it's short, 20 minute catch ups. You're kind of doing the chit chat. How's your day? What you would do in the morning or at tea time when you're in the office, doing that a couple of times a week or every now and again, but also being a little bit more available um, via your virtual platforms, whether it's Slack or, or Microsoft Teams, that people can ask you the quick question. We, we found that that has definitely increased, but leaders need to be available. So that's one way of it. But also from a cultural perspective, it's that communication two way street. It's that check in. Mm. How's it going for you? Um, is it working for me? Is it working for you? So that sense of ownership is something and that empowerment we want in our culture. We want people to, you know, to, to feel they can manage their own day and have that ownership. But it's a two way street. And we're very clear about that. So, Ooh. you know, if it's not working, the, the managers will know themselves. If they're communicating enough, they'll kind of know what's working or not, you know. Well, it to more leaders with empathy, you know, leaders with empathy in the sense that it used to be a case the boss go in, throws toys out of the pram and shout at everyone if the work wasn't being done on time or whatever. And, you know, leadership used to be a kind of more of an optical thing, you know, the, the big brass plate outside the office door and the boss is coming, everyone hushes. Now it's a case of like, the boss needs to be more around a team player, more in tune with what's going on in the team, especially since they can't see them across the room or uh, all the time. So is, is that leading to a more empathetic kind of leader? I think so. I mean, another thing I guess I'd say as well is that it's become more important now to kind of specify the work that people are doing as well, you know, whether it's for objectives or it's like daily kind of uh, weekly kind of um, progress report, checking in with people. So you, it's more outcome driven now, John, rather than the perception of someone's hard at work at their desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, that's a two way street, isn't it? You could, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could look very busy and be not doing anything at all. And what Kevin's alluded to there is, is spot on in terms of job role and the responsibilities. And we, we need to be really clear on that with people. And from the, the whole onboarding perspective, we've kind of dialed that up now from a remote perspective. Most people are joining remotely or, or they might be doing a day or two in the office and then off they go to their remote office at home or wherever they are. Um, or the leader might be in a different location, you know, because of Welltel's hub and spoke nature. So the onboarding piece is really important and kind of having a sense of this is really, really clear and then building that into your performance goals. So that builds that ownership and accountability from the start. Um, and that's probably the culture that we're striving towards, that people really own and they understand. Um, and then we can kind of see, you know, in those check-ins, if, it, if it's not, if, you know, the output isn't there, then it's right. How do we assess this and, you know, get it better, you know? And we were saying before as well is that, you know, some of the old traditions around the buddy model, the momentary mm. model that have been there in the past, actually are quite important now. So someone joining an organisation who may not see their colleagues 
you know, physically for a number of weeks, uh, assigning them a buddy that can help them navigate virtually around the company now is really quite important um, for them to be the kind of place they can go to should they have any questions or, you know, want any help around how the company works, et cetera. So that becomes even more important. It's a traditional kind of, you know, thing for the past, but now it's, it's a future that's required as well. Oh, 100%. And in some cases, two buddies I've had, yeah. you know, a buddy in the team and a buddy out in the business who can help you learn and navigate kind of someone at the same level. Um, and just you need to build that network. So that's that social capital piece is, is really important. So trying to get encourage people, encourage the introductions has been key. And I suppose, um, Kevin, from a tech perspective, when I remember people going, I, I think I described the sudden onset of people going into lockdown and rushing home to work at home as the fall of Saigon in a lot of ways. There was people throwing laptops into bags, people trying to figure out how to get VPN switched on for the first time. It, it was absolute carnage to watch, but I was kind of going, ha smug, I got, I was already working that way for a while. But the reality is the, um, <clears throat> you know, it used to be enough to give a, an employee a laptop or a computer, a desk computer. Uh, I'd say at the time of lockdown, I'd say a lot of companies were found not even giving their staff phones or laptops. They were just for running, relying on home computers. And in a lot of cases, I know for one thing, the the the, the market for laptops soared at, as soon as companies went into lockdown. But now you have an employee who, has, who expects not just a decent smartphone and a proper laptop, a good VPN system, a really strong network that's up all the time and you know there's no, there's no failure on that network. Um, but what's the best way to make hybrid work from a tech perspective, but also when you take into account the, the cybersecurity aspects as well, because we're looking at the situation where you know all it takes is an employee to be targeted by a hacker to basically fall prey to a phishing email, spear phishing email, and suddenly you could have seen money leaving the bank account or, or, or basically hackers sitting somewhere in your network for months and end watching everything and figuring things out. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a real challenge. It always was a challenge before balancing the security controls that you had, even when it was in the office, against allowing people to work and be able to do their their jobs. But I think that's become even more challenging now. So I guess what what I'm starting to see is a lot more of security layering, probably from a from a point of how um, you know a a, a an employee will access um, applications for the company. I think we've seen a lot of transition to the cloud because some people were still operating, you know, applications from their local premises. So definitely we've seen a lot of people that have picked up all of the, you know, the servers that run the people's desks, serving applications that were critical to the company and really put them into the cloud so they're much more accessible from the capability of the, the business. I guess there's an inherent um, capability from the cloud platforms, AWS or Azure, that provides a new level of security. Um, you can see a lot better of the access that um, potentially were trying to access those cloud products. So okay, that's almost switch, switch around completely from that. So now you've got, you know, then this really, if you've got some trust in the um, applications that are hosted in those public clouds or private cloud infrastructures that, um, you know, clients will be deploying, then I guess then you've then got the next challenge, okay, you still have the same scenario. I'm in an office. I've got to protect the office. I've got to protect the connectivity. I've got to encrypt data as I would normally, making sure that gets to the to the endpoint application well. Um, but I guess you know what you're edging towards is I think you have to have standardization on on laptops. There has to be 
good protection from an endpoint point of view, whether it's a, a, a virus or it's malware um, or it's kind of a continuous patching of, of infrastructure, whether that's de desktop, laptop or server, that infrastructure patching has to continue at a, a rate. And most people will be familiar with the uh, Microsoft Tuesdays where you're suddenly you know, asked to reboot your laptop every kind of week where a, oh. a bunch <laughs> of patches have been lowered. So that's probably something you know, people have learned through the whole lockdown process. And that's cool. So that's, that's a, a big challenge for an IT department point of view because you know you get the, a chance to perhaps delay that a couple of times and then suddenly it just reboots you and you've lost kind of like you know 30 minutes of work but it has to be done i think and so i think then also on the remote <laughs> side then, there's more capability i think now being developed to protect the communications link that has to be of a high quality john as you mentioned i think to get a good experience for someone working at home and um, there's more redundancy that can be built into there um, there's more policies that can be controlled to actually make sure the data is going the right place. You may allow some data to go to the internet locally, and some may come back secure back to the applications where it's absolutely key on that. Um, there's a lot more focus on identity management now as well around allowing you into the cloud. So some product sets, multi-factor authentication, I think, has gone everywhere. It's got two-factor or more on there now to make sure you've got you know a couple of options around how you validate your identity. And I guess the last one is for me, perhaps, you know, as, as well as making sure that you've got good products and up-to-date products that can help help the, the end end employee operate without any stress. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is just awareness, because in, in the security awareness, especially around phishing as an example, there's a lot more challenge where you may have had a group of people in an office where they said, hold on, what, what I've got this email from someone here. What is that? Is that is that is that a spoof email? What is that? And someone come and look at it and say, yes, no, actually, right. But that person's there on their own. So I think if they're working from home, they're on their own. They've got to make that judgment themselves to hmm. so provide much more awareness of what is a threat and how it might come to you might become much more important. And then obviously the quickness around picking up the phone to get access to someone to confirm that for you, rather than you leave it, think about it, and then click that button and suddenly you've got you know a ransomware attack sort of spawned out. So I think the awareness of people working from home, protection around what they can and can't do, but allow them to work in a comprehensive way is probably the balance that we're still you know working through as an IT uh, industry, I think, at the moment. Very good. And, and Denise, the um, office, the office as we knew it, uh, lines and lines and lines of desks. If we're all coming in to collaborate, do we need desks? Do we not have more meeting rooms? Uh, we need collaboration spaces, um, if even. Um, so uh, from a Welltel perspective, we're really excited this year. Um, so as I mentioned, that we have our headquarters in Dublin, but with their, all the acquisitions we've had, we, we don't have enough seats for everyone now. Um, so and the acquisitions were made through the pandemic. So we're looking at um, a new HQ um, in Dublin, I and mean, that's a great opportunity to, to create what we need now in the world we're in today. So it's about having a good collaboration space um, and availability to book, to come in if you want to, with lots of meeting rooms, phone booths, small rooms, and that whiteboard. So it's about coming in to connect and have team days. So we can stop, uh, go to hotels to do that. We can actually do it in, an, in a nice office um, and have all of the tech and infrastructure there as well. So we're really excited about that move towards the end of this year. And then we still have our satellite offices in Cork and Limerick and in the UK. So, and they'll be similar. From, they're there to, for people to, to go into, to meet, to collaborate in the other locations. So um, we're on that trajectory, hopefully for uh, later this year. Great. And a final question for both of you. Will all this eventually settle down? Like, 
One one minute we, we the world of work as we knew it was to commute into the office hours of the day for hours and then you, you get home. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, my average day before all this I wasn't home most even sort of half seven eight o'clock at night and um, you know that's I think that was a, a truth for a lot of people and and now it's a different kind of thing. Well, for two years they were working from home. Now everyone's trying to get back into a hybrid model. Some places I mean, I'm sure kind of the same by nature of the work you have to be in, but. When, when will this settle down to a normal? I know this terrible expression, the new normal seems to be used a lot, but when, you know, you used to look at the world to work, it was very simply a destination thing. But now I think it's more of a a presence thing and your presence is digital or physical and it doesn't matter as long as the work's being done. But what, what do you guys think? Do you think this will all settle down? I'd like to get both your perspectives. So Denise, maybe from a people perspective and then Kevin from a tech perspective. So, like, when you started off asking that question, it's in my mind, we're, n- we're never going back. And I was saying that, you know, before I came to Velta, no one's going to go back to, we're never going to have five days a week people in the office. That's just not going to happen. So I think I think it is settling. I think, people, you know, from peers and other companies that I'm hearing about, you know, they've kind of come out with what their, their plan is or if they haven't just yet, they're about to. Um, and they've, the companies who've gone a little bit later are doing to it so because they can watch and observe what others and what's happened. Um, and I think that we've settled into a pattern and we're quite comfortable with that kind of blended approach because we've had a lot of acquisitions and we're hiring a lot. We're able to have those conversations up front as to what Kevin said in the recruitment model. So we're, we're kind of learning from the people we're interviewing, you know, what suits you and what suits us. It's two way street. And I think that's what we are going to settle into always and, you know, come to have good connections and good collaboration sessions. And we've got back together a little bit and it's been, you know, sense of fun, but people really value the face to face. And it's just about that human piece. We're humans. We're not meant to be on our own all the time. So um, I think we're settling into that rhythm. And I, I think that we might be back a little bit more than we are now, but I'd say we're kind of easing into what it's going to look like for the future for Welltel anyway. Are you guys, Kevin? Yeah, I guess from a tech point of view, it's a couple of interesting things, isn't there? So I guess we've obviously brought down the barriers around video conferencing because before it used to be you had to go into a room to do a video conference, but now anyone can do it at any point in time, et cetera. So that, that's probably a tech feed piece that's changed and the collaboration has been become a lot better with obviously using video conferencing rather than just a, a, a local voice call, even though you know voice calls are still valid going forward, I think, as well. But I guess the other thing for me is that... Um, We've we've seen probably in the last two years a number of companies quickly adapt to be able to work remotely at home. Over that two years, I think also remote tech has started to evolve differently as well. So I think we've now got a period coming up where actually the first thinking could be, you know, where's my application in the cloud? And secondly, how do I make that accessible to a remote worker? And I think we're going to see a change in the remote working home office model evolve as well because I think that's going to be a continual rather than it was a stopgap before it's now going to be a permanent requirement in in how how tech is delivered and I think that could become a lot more immersive you know with some of the other technologies that are out there virtual reality etc etc we might see a, a change and a drift into a lot more richness at the home um, area rather than as it is at the moment it's a, it's a it's an office get by kind of thing with some with some, with some good tech behind it but in the future it could change a lot you know as far as you know obviously there's, there's obviously virtuality with the i mean with a concert you know to be there in the seat but actually on town halls and that kind of stuff for people working remotely there's probably a lot more that can be made to a difference but obviously supporting that kind of model going forward 
Brilliant. Well, guys, with that, Denise Hayes, Chief People Officer, and Kevin Page, Chief Technology Officer of Welltel. Thank you guys for your time. That was fascinating. And hopefully, we'll be talking like uh, hybrid will be like old hat at some point. We'll all go, oh, yeah, we, we got it sorted. So, guys, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, John. You're more than welcome. Thank you.